25 seconds left to play. You're listening to the Matt Wyatt Show. I want winners. This crowd is alive. Play to win the game. Wyatt from the shotgun, two backs alongside. Knock him out, John. Wyatt gets the ball. It won't be long. Wyatt back to throw. Wyatt looks. Fires toward the end zone. Passes. Caught for touchdown by Matthew Butler. Speak to. They are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. I get out of hand. Just, just tell me I'm a jerk and shut up. Let's go scatter the rest right tight. That's left. 372 Y sticks. He's The Matt Wyatt Show. He's Radio Wyatt. Well, how am I going to go to college? I'll just play football. Here we go, live in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go with the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau. Local agents, competitive rates, your hometown heroes. That is Farm Bureau Insurance. Welcome in. I'm Matt on this Reaction Monday. What is there to react to? Some people think that that maybe you had a weekend that not much happened. Bull! A whole lot went down, and I got a lot that I want to say about it. I got a lot of problems with you people, and now you're all going to hear about it. No, that's just a line from Seinfeld, uh, one of my favorite shows. We today are not uh, graced by the presence of Roger in the Farm Bureau studio. We are, however, graced by the presence of one Beaver. Y'all know Beaver. Hey, Beaver, take a bow. Hey, Matt Wyatt. What up, man? How are you today? I'm peachy as far as I know. Did you see what the Sonic Boom band did this weekend? No, I didn't. They did gospel. And um, uh, and, and they, they did a song, and they spelled out, they marched, and they spelled out Alpha and Omega. He is Alpha and Omega. It was fantastic. And it's on my Facebook page. Beaver, go check it out. It's on my Facebook page, facebook.com slash Radio Wyatt. How about that roundabout way to plug the Facebook page, huh? Is that clever? Well done. <laughs> I can't believe I didn't see that because you know me and you know how I follow uh, the sonic boom intently. Mm-hmm. Picking up your sarcasm. I would hope so because I'm laying it on pretty thick. <laughs> we got it right this time. Yes, that was good. All right. So speaking of Facebook, hey to everybody who's tuning in on the uh, live stream. Hello, Lynn, on uh, the stream on Facebook. Hail State to you as well. You can watch it on Facebook if you'd like. Pick up the show there at Radio Wyatt on Facebook. I was Facebook.com slash Radio Wyatt. Over here on Periscope, streaming it live, too. You can find that on Twitter at Radio Wyatt. But more importantly, the Divini Equipment phone line is wide open to you. So let her rip, Tater Chip. Love to hear what you think about uh, the weekend and the upcoming weekend. Got a big game coming up this week. LSU, Alabama. That'll be fun in Tuscaloosa. So plenty of uh, time to preview that, which we will do. On today's show, but hit me up on the Divinity Equipment phone. It's 995-1059. All right. It's a 601 number, 995-1059. If you prefer to text the show, text away. 885-ESPN. That also is a 601 number. If you're watching the stream, there are the numbers. Check them out right there. 885-ESPN or 885-3776. That is the text number. Listen. A lot of information coming out of the weekend. What do you mean by that, Matt? Some things happened that were just supposed to happen. Ole Miss 
Lost to Auburn. They weren't supposed to beat them. You know, State beat Arkansas. They were supposed to, right? Yeah, okay, fine. But hang on a minute. Let's start with State and Arkansas. Here's the deal. A lot of information. Here's what I mean by that. Coming out of the weekend, now how do you feel? How do you feel about State going to a bowl game? They need two more wins. Going into the weekend, there's a whole bunch of you that thought is no chance. And I'll tell you this, I never expected to see State whip somebody as physically as they whipped Arkansas this weekend. I just did not see it coming. And yes, Arkansas is awful. Buddy, they are awful. But State absolutely dominated them because State played well. They didn't play sloppy. They didn't turn it over. They didn't shoot themselves in the foot over and over and over again. They didn't have misassignments. They didn't have misreads. They didn't hang on to the football in the pocket and get sacked seven times like it did against Tennessee. The ball came out on time. They were quick. They were efficient. They had no hesitation. State played well. That's how you rack up 640 yards of total offense. What was the total? What was the total in that game? Was it 640 yards? I'm going to pull it up right now so I can get it right. Holy cow. 300 yards rushing in the first half of the ball game for State. Are you serious? Yeah, I'm serious. So, I mean, look, when you play a bad team, you go, okay, yeah, well, Good, a good team should dominate a bad team. I know that I'm going so elementary here with you, but this year has anybody accused State of being a good team? No, and you weren't accusing them of being a good team going into the game. Going into the game, if I told you, if we talked last Friday and we said and we agreed, look, Arkansas is horrible; they're awful. You would have said, "Yeah, but." State hasn't shown the ability to execute at a high enough level to go rack up a bunch of points and yards against anybody. Right? Look what they did with Tennessee. Right? And, you know, Tennessee's much better. They're improved. But still, State played well. They picked it up a notch. They were absolutely ready to fire out of the shoots and play football. They, you can't say that about that four-game stretch in October. 640 yards of offense, 460 yards rushing. Tommy Stevens, really efficient in the pass game. 12 of 18, 70-whatever percent, right? Well, maybe not 70. Was it 69%? Hold on, I'll look it up. The thing is, he had a drop. Remember that? First throw of the ball game. Hit his tight end right in the belt. Right now, belly button (laughs) for Rod Green, and he dropped it on the screen pass. 67%. So he should have been easily 13 for 18, but regardless. Logan Burnett even got in there and completed a pass. State played a good game against a bad team and absolutely embarrassed them. So it was a combination of this. Number one, State has better players than Arkansas. Don't argue with me on that. You'll you'll be made to look foolish. State has better players across the board than Arkansas. Number two, a healthy 
Tommy Stevens is their best chance to win and play well. And maybe Tommy Stevens is one of those guys who, and there have been a bunch of those, who really struggle to play through injuries. Like just some guys can do it. Some guys naturally struggle with that. Maybe he just struggles with it. Healthy Tommy Stevens is good. Offensive line, physical. Yes, they were hitting the right people. Yes, they were playing a team with smaller players. They weren't as good up front as the ones you've played and some of the ones you will play. Sure, but they were physical from start to finish. They were fired up. Another thing you know, State's special teams are a liability for the most part. You had a good punt or two. Yeah, you hit a field goal, a chip shot early. But return units, coverage units, things like that, they are they are grossly inconsistent. So they are a liability. They've already gotten them beat in one game this year, that kickoff return against Kansas State. And the third thing in the game that stands out to me is State's guys just made catches in the pass game. They went and got the football. Yes, you had the one drop on the first one. It's just an easy screen pass. You know, tight end drops it. But, you know, you look at the Osiris Mitchell touchdown pass, 33 yards. Went up and got it. Wasn't wide open. It wasn't a dart of a perfect throw. It was just, hey, I'm giving you a chance. And he went up and got it. You look at the Farad Green touchdown uh, on the goal line. It wasn't like perfectly designed and wide open. He just lofted it up and said, I'm giving you a chance. And he went up and caught the football. Guys just caught the ball. So those things stand out. Now, what about Auburn at Ole Miss? What a weird game that was. Like all the way around. That Ole Miss-Auburn game was was so abnormal <laughs> in every way. Okay, Auburn outgained uh, Ole Miss 507 to 266. Doubled them up 507 to 266 and won the game 20 to 14. <clears throat> How do you do that? Well, Auburn must have had a rash of turnovers. Nope, one. One turnover. And that's even. Both teams had one turnover. One. What a weird game it was. Auburn, 340 yards in the air on a day where the quarterback was largely inaccurate. <laughs> it's weird to actually go. He completed 30 passes. Bo Nix went 30 for 44. What's that? Um... Deal there. So he's 68%. 30 for 44, 68%, 340 yards passing. No TDs, no picks, but you go, yeah, well, he missed a bunch of throws. I mean, it's just the weirdest thing because it's pretty much accurate. They equaled each other on the ground. Now, going into that game, would you have bet anyone said, hey, Ole Miss and Auburn will have exactly the same number of rushing yards? 167 apiece. Just weird, man. How do you figure this out? Ole Miss had 99 total passing yards in the game. 266 total yards 
in the game, but had the football at the end with a chance to go win it down by six. Explain it. You almost cannot explain the game. And I had to go back and watch it over again and try to figure it out. It's a weird game. Auburn has a fumble on the goal line. They're about to score early, punch it in, and on the one-yard line, the ball gets popped out. They recover it, but it leads to a field goal instead of a touchdown. Weird. Three missed field goals in the game for Auburn. So not only do you take nine points off the board, but also Ole Miss is forcing field goals three times that they miss instead of giving up touchdowns. So you might go, okay, well, scoring possession. I know a couple of the field goals were long field goal attempts, especially those first two that they missed. You see, you're talking about possessions that don't end in touchdowns. That's 21 points there that you don't give up. They do end in field goal attempts. There's nine points right there you don't give up because they missed three. Including one at the end that if they just make the field goal at the end, it bounces off the upright. It's not an easy attempt. It was a longer attempt, but it's off the upright. If it goes through, then the game's ice and it's pretty much over. So three missed field goals for Auburn. Here's the other thing, though. Auburn only had two touchdowns in the ballgame. One of them shouldn't have been a touchdown because it's against the rules for the offensive lineman to bear hug his running back and pull him into the end zone. Like, almost pile drive your own running back into the end zone over your shoulder. You can push him in, but you can't pull him in. (laughs) It shouldn't have been a touchdown. It's against the rules. Another thing that jumped out at me, Auburn... Not letting them, not letting Bo Nix do a lot of checking at the line of scrimmage. Auburn was twelve of twenty-one on third downs. I mean, how many third downs can you face in a ball game? And Auburn's defense held Ole Miss to three of fifteen on third down. But Auburn went twelve of twenty-one on third down. But a lot of those they did not convert were times when they obviously didn't have the right play. You could watch it and see the Ole Miss stacking a box with eight, nine players and, Ole, and Auburn just still trying to butt their head up in there on third and four and not and, you know get hit because they don't have the numbers. Like, at least check out of it, check into a better play. But they're not really letting Bo Nix do that a lot, calling stuff from the sideline. He's got some reads in the offense, but he's not changing plays at the line of scrimmage a lot. He's a freshman quarterback. And, oh, by the way, the holding call at the end – on the last possession by Ole Miss, they get the football, a chance to go down here and win the game with a touchdown, extra point, tie it with a touchdown late in the game. First play, big play, it's a, a scramble throw up the sideline, Ole Miss catches it, but it all comes back for a holding call on the right tackle for Ole Miss. Matt Luke threw an absolute royal fit. The announcer on the game did say, look, it's one of those where, yeah, he's throwing a fit, but when he goes back and sees the tape, he's going to see that it's the right call. It's like the most obvious holding you can have. This was not borderline holding. (laughs) And, man, every play in football, there's a bunch of borderline holding. Sorry, borderline holding uh, calls that go uncalled. This was one where you can't hold somebody any worse (laughs) than what the offensive tackle for Ole Miss did. Bear hugged the guy. Like, gets him in the chokehold and twists him around at the feet of the quarterback. Like, we all saw it. It's definitely holding. It's so obvious you have to call it. That's what the announcer on the game said, and I agree. Hey, that's just one you have to call. No doubt. You got to call it. Yet, oh, let Matt is over there throwing a fit about it. 
And it was even kind of like mad about it, I guess, maybe towards the end of the game. But it was a whole – so the whole game for that, that, that entire game was just odd. And now after the game, Auburn's players are out here tweeting stuff at the fan base. Like, I thought we were family. The stands were empty. They were complaining about the students went home because it was cold, apparently. Players calling out students on Twitter after the game. Weird stuff. But Auburn hangs on. 20-14 to 14 the final. Ole Miss had a chance to win. Interception at the end of the ballgame. Matt Corral threw six passes in the game. Three of six for 13 yards. I mean, I don't know if he's healthy. Is he healthy? If he's healthy, you see who they want to play. They want to play John Rice Plumley. 11 of 21, 86 yards through the interception at the end of the game, but was the team's leading rusher with 92 yards and a touchdown. If Corral is healthy, he played that little on the road in the SEC. You can see who they actually want to play, and that is Plumley. All right, time to get into it here. I'm going to get to your text, a whole bunch of those. Bull and Mailman and Sean and Ice and Bulldog Blitz and everybody out here on the text line. First up, though, on the Divinity Equipment phone, Lynn hanging on in parts unknown. What's up, Lynn? How you doing? Hey, Matt, it's, uh, I'm in Pontotoc. Uh, Pontotoc. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good, man. Good to hear from you. What's up? Oh, man, hey. Uh, you kind of touched on some of it with Tommy, what I wanted to question you about, what I think, and I don't know. Uh, he is the best quarterback, Garrett's future. We both know that. So so it puts Joe in a pickle, don't it? Because you played Trader a good bit now. You named him the starter. Do you go back to Tommy at this point? Do you do you try to run both of them in and out of there some in each game? Do you just play? I think Tommy should definitely start against Alabama just in case because that way Matt don't get the, uh, I mean, Garrett don't get killed if it goes bad. But, I mean, what do you think we should do right there? And I'm going I'm yeah. to get off here and I'm going to listen to you on the Facebook page, how you answer, and I appreciate it. And uh, finally, we can say Hell State and be feeling good about it. <laughs> That's right. It's a very different feeling Monday, isn't it, Lynn? Thank you for the call, man. Yeah, you know, winning yeah. winning makes everybody feel better. Now you got two weeks to heal up, more importantly, than even get ready for Alabama. Two weeks to heal up. Um, yeah, there's no question – you see Tommy when he's confident. You know what started, I think, was the genesis of a physical effort throughout the whole game on offense. The genesis. I don't think it was practice. I don't think it was the play call or calls. It was on the first series of the game, Tommy Stevens running the ball and lowering his head and running over the defensive back for Arkansas. And if you remember, like on the first two series, he did it twice. And I'm telling you, those players around him, offensive linemen, running backs, receivers, see their quarterback go face first into a defender and run him over to start the game. It sets the tone. And the reason Tommy could do it is because he's healthy. Jay Perry swore up and down to me. You know, Jay's our sideline guy, and he's on the staff, and he swore up and down to us before the game. Hey, man. This is as healthy as he's been since week two of the year, period. End of story. And I think they made the quarterback change because all along he's doing everything he could to play through it and just wasn't ready to go. Now, he had a great outing because he's playing a bad football team. Now, I mean, Arkansas, whew. They, got, you know, they look to me like they've got some quit in them. And Tommy and those guys really took advantage of it. 
But I think confidence what State needed, they needed to execute, see the ball out of the hand, get caught. They were able to do it because Tommy was pulling that trigger. Not hanging. He hung on the first pass attempt of the game after the false start penalty start the game, which was an eye roll. The first pass attempt of the game, they drop him back. We're down the field 15, 20 yards, and he held on the ball and had to scramble to get back to the line of scrimmage. And I didn't like it. After that, they started getting the ball out of his hands. You know, incompletion to um, Farad Green, but it was a good throw and it was a screen throw. Just catch it, throw. Then we go RPO a couple times, then out route. And then so the, the timing and the physicality from him got the whole offense going. I'm convinced of that. Bulldog Blitz on the text line says, I think now we will go five and step seven instead of four and eight. Well, it comes down to the Egg Bowl, though. See, that's the deal, Bulldog Blitz. It doesn't matter if we're negative or positive, and it doesn't matter what we predict. What we do know for a fact, though, now is barring a major upset by Abilene Christian in Starkville, it sets up. Yeah, you, you'd rather be playing for something bigger, but it sets up for the Egg Bowl. Yeah, they're going to sit that Egg Bowl trophy out there, and the winner gets it. But for State, we know this, and I think we'll see what happens with Ole Miss. But it also represents the postseason. And it adds some excitement into the game that, frankly, a couple of weeks ago, nobody thought was going to be there. That's why the weekend and what happened was very important. We got to look at Ole Miss's upcoming schedule and figure them out too. Stick around. You're listening to the Matt Wyatt Show. Back on the show, I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio on this Reaction Monday. What's up? Lots of ways for you to be a part of the show. You can text me at 885-ESPN, 885-3776, or you could call me on the Divinity Equipment phone line, Divinity Equipment in Madison and Jackson. You ever been over there? You ought to go. Kubota, man, the big orange fleet. That's where you'll see it there. Divinity Equipment in Madison and in Jackson. Check them out online, DiviniEquipment.com. They are the oldest Kubota dealer in the United States of America. They've been doing it better longer than anyone else. I got a little coffee left here in the thermos, left over from this morning. I get my coffee from High Point Roasters in New Albany. You ought to check them out at HighPointRoasters.com. Order some there. Hey, and by the way, several of y'all have mentioned that you did and have gotten some... uh, Coffee in, ordered it from High Point uh, Roasters in New Albany. Let me know what you think about it. I'd love to know what flavors you're you're on. So text me or call me or tweet me. If you want to tweet me, I'm at Radio Wyatt. A couple things real quick here. Um, uh, lots of comments on the Facebook stream right now. Hey to everybody. Uh, let's see here. Look at all that. I said hey to Lynn earlier. Sheila, Steve, Bob, Waylon. Waylon? What a great name. Waylon. I wonder who you're named after, Waylon. I bet I know. Matt and everybody else. Somebody here uh, mentioned, it was John mentioned um, that 
Auburn only missed two field goals. No, they missed three. If you remember, Auburn missed a couple in the first quarter. Two uh, first-quarter drives ended in missed field goals for Auburn, which, again, they were racking up these yards. They did have a couple of early big passing plays, got them in scoring territory, but then they couldn't score and had to attempt early field goals. They had two missed 40-plus-yard field goals in the first quarter, a 42 and a 49. And then in that fourth quarter, it was a 49 that doinked off the right upright. Had it gone through, it kind of puts it out of reach because then it make it a two-score game late in the game. Instead, you miss it, uh, Ole Miss gets the ball, it's still a one-score game. So they actually missed three field goals, not two. I'm coming to the text line. I'm going to get to all these texts. I just want to remind you of something. Raise your hand if you've been listening to this show for a month or so. And when all this Joe Moorhead, Rutgers stuff came out, you can remember what I said. Anybody remember what I said? I just want to see if anybody heard it. I'm going to give you a chance and I'm coming back to it. But I want you to text me at 885-ESPN on the text line, if you remember what I said over the last month a couple different times about the rumored interest between uh, Rutgers and Joe Moorhead. Because I have an update for you. All right, here we go. Um, Ice on the text line in Rankin. He said, okay, Matt, which is it? Was State that good or was you pig that bad? The Warthogs. <laughs> I got a little um, uh, young toddler cousin named Wyatt who uh, lives out in Texas, and his mama put on Facebook last week that he he, call, he calls them the Warthogs. He didn't call them the Razorbacks. He thinks they're the Warthogs. Uh, I'll tell you what it is. Arkansas is a – they're bad. I know they fought on a neutral site in a close game against Texas A&M earlier this year. We didn't see it coming. They fought Kentucky, you know, and and all that. But after losing on the road at Alabama the week before, they came back to practice. Their best player, their tight end, tried to quit the team during the week of the state game. And even in their own stadium, they only had about 30,000 people in that stadium. And look. They've got some quit in them. They are horrible. Okay, they and and they don't have the players. They got some players who don't have quit, like their linebacker Bumper Pool, uh, who played hard. A couple of defensive backs, including the the kid number two. I forget his name, but he can really run. He can fly, and he played hard. But they're a bad football team. But I don't care who you're playing against. Even if it is the worst team in the SEC this year, I don't care who it is. You go out and put up 640 yards of offense and 460-something yards rushing, you are executing. So that game, the reason it was dominated so much by State was that Arkansas is bad, and State played a very good ball game. They were State was ready to play. I really credit their coaching staff with that. Sean on the text line said, Matt, if Tommy never gets hurt, and there are no suspensions, how many of State's losses do you turn into wins? You know, it's a whole speculation of what-if thing. It really amounts to nothing. Could they, would they maybe have, you know, beaten Kansas State? Would they have beaten Tennessee? Ah, eh, maybe. 
But it doesn't matter. In reality, those are losses, and you can't go back and change it. So, um, it's a fun question. I'm just—it's not a terribly productive one. Let's see. Look for Ole Miss to have really good effort at Auburn. Where that? Why are you sending me that? Is that from last week? Did you send that last week? Are you trying to re- remind us? Because that game's already happened. The mailman in Jackson says, I believe that if State had not scored on their first drive, they may have ended up losing the game. The drive created confidence with the team that uh, they would play well. Yeah, I mean, that's it. Look, man, it's all plays into it. And you go send a message early in the game and and just automatically go put up a score on the scoreboard and all of Arkansas's players, because they know they're a bad team, they look at each other and go, oh, here we go again. And it's called momentum. Bull on the text line says... He can throw a fit on a holding call, but can't say a word to a player who gets a dumb personal foul on third down. Talking about Matt Luke. Said, let him walk right by him, but didn't even look at him. How many coaches would have been in their face? Well, let me just say this, though, Bull. Okay, let me say this about Matt Luke. We have the Egg Bowl coming up here in a few weeks in Starkville. Do you remember the last time that they came there? And they won. (laughs) <laughs> in Starkville that year. What, 2017? Mullen's last year. Uh, the last two weeks of the season, Mullen and his people were all working behind the scenes and preparing to leave and go take the Tennessee job. And then I think it was like, if I'm looking at it right, see, because it's Thursday, literally the day after the Egg Bowl, the phone rings, it's Florida, and Mullen changes his whole course and says, I'm, and kind of leaves Tennessee up there waiting to meet with him and leaves him at the altar and goes and takes a Florida job and that whole thing. But you remember the antics, you know, one player gets run to the locker room for a second personal foul or something for Ole Miss in that game. Um, Metcalf does the, uh, the doggy crawl and hikes his leg on a pylon in the end zone on the national television, all this stuff. Matt had taken over that team right, as the interim earlier that year. I believe that's right, if I have my timeline thing. And I'm telling you, look at the difference in the team now and the way they carry themselves. He has done a very good job of putting together a football team with discipline who are less concerned about, hey, look at me and watch my celebration and look at me and all this kind of stuff. And, and his team plays like a team. They play like they are more concerned about what happens during the play than what they do after the play. He has had a little bit of a culture change. I'm willing to say it. They they had great players in certain spots, especially on offense, especially at receiver. They had great players at quarterback at times. And they could really score, and they beat some people. But they didn't have a great culture under Hugh Freeze. That's why those good teams could get up and beat in Alabama and then lose to Memphis. And then lose to Arkansas. They didn't have a great, steady culture. And it was really put on display in that Egg Bowl a couple years ago. And it's taken to this point, I think. Now, you know, a couple years later, you can see that Matt Luke is the head coach. They have what looks from a distance anyway, and I'm not in their locker room, but what looks from a distance, the right kind of culture. So I don't. You know, one guy getting a personal foul and the coach doesn't chew him out, he knows what he's doing. And I can see that in the way they carry themselves. I wouldn't worry about that one bit. All right. 
When I said, do you remember what I said about the Rutgers Joe Moorhead thing? Nick says, uh, didn't you say you'd pack his bags for him, or was that me? <laughs> that was you, Nick, not me. <laughs> Bulldog Barney said, you said it was pretty much horse hockey and that it was not going to happen. That's what I said. What I said is I thought the reports were horse hockey, and it was obscure media people trying to get into the I cover coaching search stuff, but they were getting their information from basically people connected to the search firm. Well, the search firm's going to float names out there to justify their own existence. The fact the school's paying them when they know it and the school knew it. They're, and I said this. What you Remember I told you this? They're going to hire Greg Schiano, the old coach. That's who the AD wants. That's who the fans want. Get them back to where they were when Greg Schiano coached them. But if the school's going to go hire a search firm, why do you need a search firm? Why do you need to pay them if you already know you're going to go hire the old guy again? Well, they have to make it look like there's a search. So what do they do? They start dropping names. They're in cahoots with agents and stuff out there. That's where all that comes from. And I told you, they're going back. They're going to hire Greg Schiano. Let me read you a report today from NJ.com, NewJersey.com. Greg Schiano and Rutgers reunion gaining momentum as meeting is expected this week. A meeting between Schiano and Rutgers is imminent. Several high-level donors saying that, and there is a belief that barring a snag in the process, the Scarlet Knights coaching search is trending toward a return from the former head coach. Just because you want to believe something doesn't mean that you should. And just because some mushy-headed, obscure media person tweets that there's a link between a coach and a search doesn't mean there is. Stick around. Back on the show. I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio, staying connected to you around the clock because of C Spire. The number one network in Mississippi and my handy dandy iPhone 8 Plus from C Spire. I can text and tweet and upload and download and post and stream and Instagram and tweet. Did I say tweet already? Yeah. All that stuff. I can do all that around the clock because of C Spire, the number one network in Mississippi, and this guy right here. No cover. How how gutsy am I, Beaver, in that I I have no cover, no screen protector, nothing. I have a naked iPhone, and that's how I carry it. Matt, don't be a hero. <laughs> that's, that's a huge chance you're taking. Yeah, well, I'm fixing to put one of these – screen protectors on the front because I noticed there's a scratch or two on there. I had to throw it in my pocket with my with my um, multi-tool. I have one of those like $70 multi-tools. The good ones, the Leatherman. And I used to have two of them and they confiscated one on the flight back home with the team, with the entire football team. The, the, the security check confiscated my Leatherman multi-tool and didn't give it back to me and I had to fly home from Arkansas without it. So I'm really sad. But I have a backup. 
<laughs> right here. Hey, look at here on the text line. What's this all about? Warren says, do you think Brooks got Beaver his box of Count Chocula for Halloween? What is that all about? We'll have to ask Beaver. He's actually talking on the phone right now. I'm gonna, what is that all about? I have no earthly idea what any of that's about. <laughs> I don't know. Um, just real quick, a couple other things on the text line. This is a unnamed, unnamed texter. Matt, what are your thoughts on putting Plumley at slot receiver? Let him get quick touches from Corral. Let him make plays with his feet on the edges with RPO or run him up the scene if uh, the play is there. That's from Bo. Okay. Let me tell you this. Well, you know, I'm not at practice every single day. And I know that when you're trying to get a guy ready to play quarterback, every single snap in practice is precious and you don't want to waste it. In any way, I get all of that. But man, with an athlete like Plumley, don't you have to have a package of stuff where he is on the field with the other quarterback at the same time to pull a stunt or two? And 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 don't even you know you don't even have to call it trick plays. It's not really trick, man, because. If you put him on the field and he lines up at receiver and then motions in the backfield like a reverse or reverse pass, we kind of know you're not really tricking us. It's just that you he's such a weapon that you could use him that way. Double pass things, right? Throw it out like a screen. Run screens to him. Let him do it. <laughs> Again, I think I – Bo, when, the, when you look up and they didn't play Matt Corral – late in that game when they might need to throw it down the field some, you can just see they want to play Plumley at quarterback. And for that reason, maybe they just don't want him doing other stuff and maybe get hurt doing other stuff. They want him to be the QB. I, I just get the sense that they want him to be the quarterback. And I can understand it. Because the escapability, man, he can make up for some mistakes, can he? And he's a heck of a threat in the called run game also. QB1... Um, got your text. Thank you. 100 grand. Hey, Matt, what's up? Long time, no text, but shout out to MSU and JSU, Jackson State. Fire up the sonic boom for the win. I agree. Let's do it. Beaver, quick question for you, buddy. Yes. What is this text from Warren about Chris Brooks getting you a box of Count Chocula? What is that all about? A full year ago on Chris's show. <laughs> a year? Uh, a year. Over a year because last, we were talking last Halloween time about Count Chocula. Yeah. Because, well, first of all, because it's Chris's show, so of course we're just going to talk about cereals and such. <laughs> And uh, somehow we got on it. I couldn't remember. I I don't think I had Count Chocula since I was little. Yeah. So Warren, Warren called in a year ago. He said Chris should buy me a box of Count Chocula. Chris agreed. Here we are <laughs> a year later. And he hasn't done it. Um, he has not. Warren and Warren, bless him. He has been checking up. He really wants me to have that box. I, hey, look. Even when you weren't on the show here, he checked in on my show about you getting oh. Count Chocula from Brooks like last week. I didn't know that. He sure did. 
Big finish here from the Sonic Boom. Come on! All right, and Warren is on the Divinity Equipment phone right now. Warren, you know, I... I'm mildly entertained by all this, but I find myself sitting here saying, like, what, why why do we have to talk about Count Chocolate, and why should I care? <laughs> well, the originally, Brooks was going to go and get Beaver over at uh, Chicken Salad Chick some egg salad. Okay. And he bought chicken salad, so for the penalty, <laughs> we gave Brooks uh, a month probation last year. Well, okay. Then he said he was going to get the box of Count Chocula. He didn't. But Jake Wimberly got for, uh, Beaver his big box of Count Chocula. But since Brooks get it, Beaver and I were thinking, well, well, won't we upgrade it? And now Beaver agrees with me that Brooks would have to get Beaver a uh, uh, five-star Thanksgiving dinner. Okay. And want to know what your opinion would be. Okay. Yeah, I I probably don't care about any of it. But I will say this, though. Since you brought it up, Warren, um, the whole chicken salad thing from Chicken Salad Chick, when we left the press box after the game, uh, out of the radio booth, Neil Price had already gone down to the arc, I mean, to the state locker room to do the post-game interview. And I was helping our engineer, Jonathan Ashley, as he rolled all the radio equipment on this big cart into the elevator, and I'm carrying some bags and helping. We're going to go to the bus and then leave, go get on the plane with the team. And then we got on that elevator and shared it with some Arkansas fans who were coming out of these suites there at Reynolds Razorback Stadium. And uh, one of them is a really, really nice lady who said, uh, hey, congratulations on the win, good game, safe travels home. And I looked down and she was carrying a bag. And in the bag was a big container of that chicken salad from and I know they had different flavors from chicken salad chick and I was so hungry and man you talk about wanting some of that chicken salad from chicken salad chick because it's the real deal yep. we all know it's the real deal yeah, it is and it I, is I, I so are you in agreement well what I'm saying is out barring all the other I'll let you and beaver and Chris handle all the other details. But I will say that if all this started with someone was supposed to deliver chicken salad from Chicken Salad Chick and instead delivered egg salad, then I'm all for whatever retribution, easy for me to say, retribution, whatever has to be made to make up for it. I'm all for that. I'll just go that far. Okay. Well, tell Beaver that we'll uh, maybe talk to Brooke sometime this week and we're going to lay the Okay. The hammer down. Lay the hammer down. Warren, you have my blessing on that, man. Appreciate the call. Thank right. you. <laughs> Bye-bye. Have a good one. Well, if we ever get Brooks to come back to work, that can happen. <laughs> Beaver, why not pick on him while he's down? And, and he's out and he can't defend himself. Why not? That's Yeah. Well, that's the same question I asked, though, when I wonder why can, why can Chris Brooks not come to work? Why not? <laughs> Same question, right? Why not? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Fluffy on the text line says, the only thing Ole Miss can do to improve their offense is on the line. There is no protection for short passing game. See, you know, you don't need a ton of protection for the short passing game. Um, 
But every now and then you want to shove the thing down the field, you got to have some protection. And I agree with you, right? There was some big – well, look at two huge plays in crunch time. And, look, you're playing what throughout the year has been one of the best defensive fronts in the country in Auburn's defensive front and a big-time future first-round pick in Derrick Brown and all those guys, I know. But the first play of what they hoped – what Ole Miss hoped would be the game-winning drive, holding. Why? He's kind of beat. The guy fires off the line, immediately puts both hands inside on the offensive tackle, and boom, I got him up on his heels. I'm fixing to go by him, and the tackle knows it. Just bear-hugged him and twisted his head off and twisted him into the ground. They call holding. Brings back a big play. All right? Then what happened? You know, you move him a little bit on that last play, and he decides to scramble. He runs one side, he reverses his field, goes to the other. But part of the reason that he's not necessarily like hanging in the pocket and the ball coming out on time is maybe, one theory is maybe, as a quarterback, you don't necessarily trust your protection as much. So I think, you know, there's something to that. But look, Auburn's going to get pressure on a lot of guys. You know, Florida didn't pressure Joe Burrow and LSU. Well, Auburn did. Auburn's really good up front. I'm just telling you that I'm sitting here, and we got a month to go before this Egg Bowl, and um, we saw good signs from State, and I know it was a loss, but we saw good signs from Ole Miss. And, you know, I don't think it's a given either way, and I know it's in Starville, but Ole Miss looks improved now. They really do. Stick around. 